Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well for on account of him many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. The next day the crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, and as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look now, the whole world has gone after him. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to them. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say, Son of Man must be lifted up? 
Who is this son of man? Then Jesus told them, You're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because, as Isaiah says elsewhere, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I do not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. There are two statements in this chapter that rub against one another like tectonic plates under California. The friction between them sends shockwaves through my soul. First statement is God's. I have glorified my name and will glorify it again. Verse 28. The phrase is imbued with confidence and hope. It speaks of a hulking beast unthreatened by the future. It sounds like Tyson Fury at a pre-fight weigh-in. He already knows he's going to win. And yet, a bit like Tyson Fury, the crowd who heard it went away baffled. They heard the talk of glory but thought it was thunder. Get this. God will glorify himself in his own way and he'll be remarkably unfazed that the world will misunderstand it. And then, second statement, the Jewish leaders. This is getting us nowhere, they say, verse 19. And that reveals so much. The leaders want glory, but their view of glory is defined by the masses. They need the people's approval and recognition and following and praise. And so they swap and change what they're doing, becoming increasingly desperate to try and grasp hold of the definition of glory that they desire. They will try whatever is necessary to get the following of their fellows. Two tectonic plates shifting against each other. One secure, defined, but misunderstood. The other insecure, fleeting and desperate to win. The way John sums up the conflicting stances is like this. One prefers the praises of people. The other 
prioritizes the praises of God. And this is why it sends shockwaves through my soul, because I'm so often like the Jewish leaders, aren't you? I hate being misunderstood. I flee from obscurity. I quickly lurch in new directions if I think that will win me more friends. Ultimately, I lack the confidence that God defines glory. I want to become like Jesus. I want to prefer the praises of God to the praise of any man. Addressing this very question, Jesus tells you and me to walk into the light while the daylight remains. Verse 35. I take that to mean I should hang around him and listen to his words. I should keep on doing New Testament journey and meditate on those passages where Jesus is speaking to me. That will settle the ground. That will place me on the solid rock where, no matter how people treat me, I will stand secure, imbued with confidence in God's definition of glory and filled with hope that in the end, his glory will not only fill all of creation, but will also fill me everywhere in every way. Here's a question for reflection. What does it mean to be praised by God? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.